Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... What I see my work is doing is contributing to the wholeness of people. As we use these two tools, understanding about bias and shame and how they interact, we use that as a tool to understand ourselves better, but also to understand one another better, to have an insight into why someone else is behaving the way they do. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thank you for listening to episode 448 of Impact Boom. My name's Sarah, and I'm passionate about visioning, empowering, and contributing to positive, creative, and regenerative heart and soul-led initiatives locally and globally. Today, we're speaking with Bron Williams. Bron Williams is a formidable advocate for women operating out of their power. Despite notable achievements like an honours degree, being a school principal, an ordained minister, and assisting asylum seekers, as well as societal and family expectations that once stifled her, she's currently pursuing a research PhD on bias and shame. She's collaborated with giants like Unilever, Salvation Army, and Tennis Australia. She's a prolific writer. Bron has contributed to HRM, the Graduate Union, and authored two books. Her unique gift is simplifying complex ideas for her audience to readily understand. She defies traditional notions of ageing and has reinvented her career not once but twice, believing in the power of challenging deep-seated beliefs and the importance of leading even when unnoticed. Bronze passion lies in women initiating growth and change. She guides women to recognize their core motivations, encouraging them to reclaim their power, negotiate their worth, and unabashedly celebrate every achievement. On today's podcast, we will discuss the connection between shame, bias, and finding our personal power, as well as powerfully and impactfully reinventing your career at any age. Bron, awesome to have you. Thank you for joining us today. So good to be here, Sarah. Thank you for having me join the conversation. No worries. I'm really excited. There's a lot to explore. So to start off, could you just share a little bit about your background? And I know it's extensive, but what can you share with us that explains a little bit about what has led to where you are today? Yeah, that's great. And as you know, I my hair is rather grey. So I've been around the sun quite a number of times. And you're quite right. Your background is extensive when you've lived a few decades. I describe myself as being in my third act of life. In my first act, I did the traditional things and the things that were expected of me. I became a teacher, which I love doing, and I'm a natural teacher, so that fitted really well. Got married young, had a family, did all of those things. 
Come midlife, as happens to about 50% of relationships, mine broke up. I'd actually been trying to keep it together for about 15 years, had not been happy. And yet, you know, with my very conservative Christian background, the idea of a divorce was like almost the unforgivable sin. So it took me a long time to get to that point where I actually left the relationship. And so began my second act. I often describe myself as having run away from home because I then joined the Salvation Army and became an ordained minister and did a degree. And so spent time in Canberra. So grew up in Sydney, then Southern Highlands with family and then down to Canberra. And then I went to Nauru with the Salvation Army when the offshore processing centre of asylum seekers was reopened there. So that was a life-changing experiencing working in that environment with incredibly marginalised and vulnerable people. Returned to Australia, moved to Melbourne with the Salvos, ended up in their editorial department down here and then turned 60 and I figured it was time that I did the third act and uh, wanted to follow my own agenda. As good as the Salvation Army is, there were things I wanted to do that I couldn't do within that organisation. And the main one of that was doing professional speaking. In the last seven years, I've been speaking and writing and my real focus, and you would understand this too, and so would your listeners, anybody who's ever done anything entrepreneurial or built a business, it iterates, it changes shape. It starts as one thing and ends up somewhere else. And so where I've ended up, is a result of all of my life experiences as well as what I have learned academically and research-wise. And that is to strengthen women in their power, helping them to rediscover and reconnect with their power because I have observed in myself and I'm still observing even in young women this sense that they're being told to sit down, be quiet, don't take up space. In believing that, and in often perpetuating it ourselves, we lose track of the power that we have. And so that's my job now, is to tell women, you've got power, it's unique, it's amazing, let me show you how to tap into it. So that's where I've landed and that's what I'll be doing in my third act. I love it. I absolutely love it and really honour that matriarchal wisdom. You know, I'm a firm believer in I know it sounds tangential, but when a woman gets her menarche, her first bleed, it's when she is finding the concept of power and then through menstruating years practising power and then at menopause finding her power. And it's like those (laughs) three acts. It is, and I love the fact that she mentioned menopause. I did a podcast with a, a couple, these two women are all about menopause. I talk about menopause all the time and having been through it, And I certainly understand that I had a fairly easy pathway through menopause and I know a lot of women don't and that's just awful and it's horrible. However, it is a portal. It is a portal into this third act. There's a sense in which we really get in touch with who we are because the whole reproductive start has gone and we're just the essence of who we are. It's quite an amazing place to be. 
Yeah, and I'd love to explore this third act that you find yourself in. And given your vast professional and life experience, can you tell us more about this current work that you're doing as a speaker and as a writer and the other sorts of projects that you're finding yourself in? Yeah, and it's been very interesting. Uh, A couple of years ago, my business coach just got me to write down as they want to do. What are some of the things you'd like to do? When I did my degree in theology, because I was working with the Salvas at the time, as I was doing my degree, I'm thinking, oh, I wonder if I can get a high enough grade point average to do honours. So I set myself that goal and then I did that. So then I I did my honours when I returned from Nauru. And always in the back of my mind was to go on and do a PhD. Because for me, that's the pinnacle of academic learning is to be able to do that. When I was a girl, there wasn't many women who pursued that sort of academic path. Yeah, so a couple of years ago, I got back in touch with my supervisor for my honours paper and here I am two years later, so two years into a six-year part-time research project looking at the intersection of bias and shame. And what I'm discovering, my thought when I talked with people about that, they all went, oh, it was like instinctively people know that our unconscious biases, these quick thoughts that we have that we pass judgment and shame are somehow linked. And I thought, okay, so getting that reaction really encouraged me. And as I've been doing my research further, I really am discovering that it's often when we become aware of a bias as I did on Nauru. That was when I first became aware of my own racial bias, having grown up in largely white Australia, being confronted now with all of these people who were brown, black and every other colour in between, spoke all these different languages, so different to me, that challenged me and I recognised that I had this latent racism. Now, that is not something nice. No one wants to discover something like that about yourself And so that sense of shame that overflows on you because this is not how you see yourself. However, what I'm discovering is that we can use shame in a sense as an indicator to a bias. We feel the shame in a situation and that can allow us to ask some questions. Go, what's going on here? What things am I believing? What little boundary have I overstepped for myself personally or in terms of Uh, culture and particularly with women and again it's only through coaching and people asking the right questions that I start to connect the dots for myself this sense of women we know we're on the receiving end of biases gender bias particularly and then ageism a lot so we recognize that however if we're honest we also recognize that sometimes we perpetuate that for ourselves And for others, I know I had to come to terms with that, having grown up in Christian circles, all the voices of authority were men. And I privileged the voices of men. I had a bias towards what men were saying. As we as women recognise our biases, we will sometimes feel shame around our part in perpetuating stuff that we don't like. But this is also a really healthy point to come to because both bias and shame are showing us something about ourselves that we didn't know before. And then 
as we see these things, we can either hide, run away, deny, do all of that stuff, or we can, in a sense, step into our power and own this because most of our biases we didn't learn deliberately. They've just filtered in during childhood. We've never questioned them. That's when we have power is to go and look, do I be really believe this? Does this actually align with my values? So it's about utilising two things that we so often see as negative as women particularly and go, no, this is a point of power for me to know myself better and then to change the things that I can. It's a point of transmutation and yes. And I mean, that was something else I wanted to ask you was what, what were some of the key insights. But further to that, what are some of the possibilities that you see as pathways that we can utilise? I mean, we've talked about this as mm-hmm. transmuting or as recognising and choosing again. What else do you see as powerful pathways for a more powerful future? healthy, powerful future for men and people of all genders. Mm. I've often said the harder but better journey is the one within. And I am convinced that we get a lifetime, however long that lifetime is, to get to know each other. And there's a sense in which that is our prime task on earth, is to get to know who we are and then act out of that. And that does take a long time. And so what I see my work is doing is contributing to the wholeness of people. As we use these two tools, understanding about bias and shame and how they interact, we use that as a tool to understand ourselves better, but also to understand one another better, to have an insight into why someone else is behaving the way they do. And that won't stop us getting frustrated or angry, but it does help us to see things, to have a broader perspective a more compassionate perspective. And I honestly believe that the more individuals work on themselves, understand themselves better, then there's this radiation of energy around that that just impacts the world. I a thousand percent agree. Absolutely. It's the inside out transformation and also really helps to depersonalize what other people are doing because so many things not personal and people are operating subconsciously even if they're not aware that that's what's going on absolutely Bron what are some inspiring projects or initiatives that you've come across recently that you feel creating positive change and up to great things I gave this one some thought and the one that really comes to mind is a woman by the name of Erin Gallagher Uh, She's on LinkedIn, so I'd really recommend your listeners connect with her or follow her. Now, Erin started a movement called Hype Women. It's hashtag Hype Women. When I first came across Erin on LinkedIn earlier this year, I'm going, oh, I don't know whether I'm a hype woman sort of person. You know, you get to the point in your life where you're not so much rah-rah as you are, just this quiet determination. However, the longer I, her posts just kept popping up on my feed. So I started to get to to know what was sitting behind this. And she is literally about supporting women, not just, you know, a like or a comment on LinkedIn, but she actually gets behind women. She physically brings women together in, you know, big dinner groups. She's based in Chicago, so her work is in the U.S., But her reach is across the globe. 
And I find her encouraging. I find her refreshing because she talks so much about this is not about women competing. There's room in the world for all of us, even if there are 50 of us doing the same thing. There's, you know, how many billion people on the planet? You know, Absolutely. There's, there's room for everybody and it's not about competition. And she really is super positive. She doesn't just do the hype, the highlight yeah. reels. She, in a sense, is a resource and an encouragement to me. And I really would recommend that people just follow her, see whether she resonates with them. Awesome. And are there any books or resources that you would recommend to our listeners? One that I pulled off my bookshelf is called Breaking the Gender Code by Danielle Dobson. So Danielle is a speaker and writer and um, the subtitle of her book is How Women Can Use What They Already Have to Get What They Actually Want. I really recommend Danielle's book. So she's an Australian writer. And then the other one was a writer that many of your listeners will be familiar with, which is Adam Grant, and I read his book, Think Again. The Power of Knowing What You Don't Know. Those would be two books that I would recommend. Both are really easy to read. Some of them got pictures, so that's always helpful, breaks up the text. So, yeah, so those would be two that I'd highly recommend. Brilliant. Great. And, Bron, any last words that you would love to to share with people? I thought probably I'll make it two ways. For the women who are listening, however you turn up in the world, women, know deep inside you that you have power. Maybe you haven't used it, you're wondering whether it is. Just let me tell you, I'm going to tell you you have it and you can tap into it. To the men, don't be threatened by the power of women. Women are not here to take over the world. We could if we wanted to, but we are not here to take over the world because we're a collaborative species, us women. We like to work together and we actually want to work together with men. We recognise that men and women bring different energies, different ideas, different perspectives to the table. So men, please don't be threatened by us and, you know, give a shout out to my husband. He's a man who's not threatened by me and that is one of his most attractive qualities. Love it. Bron, thanks so much for joining us today. Really appreciate your wisdom and your generous insights. It has been a pleasure. I love talking about this. You might have guessed that. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.